Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Would you join me this morning in the book of Mark? It's kind of funny that I'm going after Mark to read the book of Mark. (laughs) Chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we are here. We pray that in these next few moments that we may hear a word from you this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. January 2nd, March 31st, April 29th, June 23rd, July 3rd, August 16th. September 29th, October 19th, October 28th, December 24th. These dates may be very insignificant to you or to most people, but to me, these days hold a lot of significance. Each of these days represents the birthday of someone that I love. 
It is on these days every year where we gather together and we remember the life that they have leading up to that moment. And we celebrate another day and another year of life. Those days are reminders of the blessings that those people are. It is on each of those days that we employ particular ritual activities to highlight what may otherwise be overlooked. We may have cake and ice cream. They might blow out the candles, giving evidence to the breath of life within them. And of course, we must sing happy birthday. Each of us has one of these days, the day where we were born, the day that we breathed our first breath, On that day every year, we remember and celebrate. Each day, each year around this time, we experience another moment of remembrance. As we are all given the chance to hear the story again of the baptism of Jesus, and in hearing it, being invited to not only remember our baptism or to maybe even think about for the first time what that may look like for you, but to also remember whose we are. From Christmas Eve until now, we have heard mainly from the Gospel of Luke. And this morning, we turn to Mark to experience this retelling of the baptism of Jesus. Our scripture begins in the wilderness, where we meet John the Baptist, who was born to Mary's cousin Elizabeth, the one whom she visited when she heard that she would bear a son by the angel that night. In these words, we find that he is the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah by being the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. People came to him and many followed. You see, they were waiting in expectation, not too different from our experience of Advent and Christmas. However, we know that we wait in in anticipation and expectation of the one who is to come, who has already come. They waited not knowing, only heeding the words of the prophet who came before them, that someone would come to save them. It is likely that if we had been put in their shoes, we would look to John with the same hope and anticipation that the people did. Asking ourselves the same question, was this man the promised one? Could he be the Messiah? John automatically put all of that to rest by saying, I am unworthy to untie the thong of his sandal. I baptize with fire but the Messiah will baptize with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist knew his role, and he did it quite well. He prepared the way, proclaiming loudly the good news that he had to share that would eventually land him in prison. 
He brought a message of hope to a people who have been waiting for hope for a very long time. After this, our scripture turns. We don't read much about John the Baptist except for here and there. But it turns to the one whom he has been preparing the world for. The one who baptizes with Holy Spirit and fire. The one who was to come. The one who begins his own baptism there with John. This account of the baptism of Jesus is not an untold account. It has been told time and time again. In fact, it's told in three out of the four Gospels. Matthew and Mark both have very similar accounts, with Luke having a few differences. But as Jesus comes to John to be baptized, while so many are gathered there to either hear John speak and or to be baptized by John, it seems that Jesus' presence is already beginning to undermine all that seems certain in the world's eyes. In some ways, it seems as though Jesus is already identifying with the group of people that he would spend the next three years with. Broken people who needed hope and who needed God. For Christians... Baptism is a sacred and holy moment in our lives. And as Methodists, baptism is a sacrament, which means it is an outward and visible sign of an inward grace that God has given to us. Baptism is not only a sacred moment, but it is a moment in which we acknowledge that we are God's. If we were to have read the Isaiah text from the lectionary this morning, we would have found these words. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel your savior. You see, these words set the stage to remind those who would hear them of the words from the prophet. And for us, a reminder that God desires to be with us. From the moment Adam and Eve appeared, God has been showing first Israel, as written about in the Old Testament, And with the birth, birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the world that God desires to be in relationship with us. Just as he spoke those words upon Jesus, he speaks those words to us in our baptism. You are my beloved, my chosen ones. With you I am well pleased. As I think about remembering my baptism, my mind goes to another date, August 15th, 1999, at a church with hideous orange carpet 
and the same color orange pews. It was a sight to be seen. As I walked down the aisle to my grandfather, who was my pastor until I was 16, I knew my own shame, my pain, and the sinful nature, and I had this desire to be changed. While I wanted to have a relationship with God, where I was God's beloved, I walked down the aisle that day out of fear, out of fear of what would happen to me when my time on earth came to an end. But I didn't recognize what else was happening within me. It was not until January 7th, 2007, that my understanding of God and baptism began to change began to be reformed in my mind and heart. I was sitting in a service much like this one, and as the preacher began to close the sermon, she invited us to read the Wesleyan Covenant prayer together. The prayer goes like this. I am no longer my own but thine. Put me to what thou wilt, rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. As the congregation prayed that prayer together, aloud, I couldn't bring myself to actually say the words, I am no longer my own but thine. Because in that moment, it wasn't just this prayer, these words of a prayer. It was words that bound me to God. It meant that I was not only accepting and recognizing the way in which God was offering me relationship, hope, love, acceptance, and grace, something that I had missed, I hadn't really put together over all of the years since. I was answering a call to be a better disciple and to trust that I am in fact God and God is mine. It wasn't so much about what would happen when I was gone at that point but more about what God was doing within me in the moments since. You see, these words required me to remember my baptism and to recognize this new understanding that God had done something great within me on that day. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't have to remind myself and often recommit myself to who God has called me to be. And I don't mean as a pastor, I mean as a human being. 
who is called to love and serve. But as a pastor, one of the questions that I often receive, especially when it comes to baptism, is can we be rebaptized? Because we recognize in the Methodist church that baptism is not something that we do, but it is something that God does within us, we do not rebaptize. With that being said, we do remember. As a part of communion in a little while, we want to offer you the chance to come and remember, to come and grab a glass bead, the, the bowls will actually be on stands, to be reminded of that day for you. You may come and touch the water, make the sign of the cross on your forehead if you would like, or you may take a stone out of the water and take it with you as a reminder of your baptism, and above all, be thankful for the grace, love, and relationship given to all. With all of that being said, we are aware of the fact that many, especially those who have been baptized as a baby, want to experience baptism again. We will not rebaptize, but we are working on a service of remembrance of baptism remembrance and renewal in which you'll be able to do more than just touch the water. If you were baptized as a baby, you'll have the chance to remember that you were baptized in a way that will likely be very meaningful for you, whether it be through sprinkling, pouring, or immersion, whatever mode of remembrance that you choose. If you're looking to mark a renewed commitment to Christ in this new year or some deepening of your own life out of our baptismal covenant or some fresh work of God in your life, you'll be able to do that through this service of baptismal remembrance and renewal as well. The plan for this service will be a Sunday afternoon sometime in mid to late February. For those of you who are interested in doing something like this and being a part of this, there will be a registration that'll be available in the next few days, or you can call the church office letting them know you're interested. Please know, part of our agreement with the bishop, because we do not rebaptize, is to make sure that we are all aware that this is a remembrance. There will be a three-session class that you must attend to participate on that day, and it will be required for this remembrance. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, today we get to remember our baptism just as we have remembered Jesus's. And we look ahead to the possibility of this new thing God is doing in our midst, creating the chance for us to recognize and celebrate the beautiful grace of Jesus at work in our hearts and lives. January 7th, 2024, a significant day where we are reminded that we are God's beloved. Thanks be to God, amen.